0: Hi there, thanks for joining us on the fifth episode of Bees Pods. This is our third episode in a couple of days, so we're doing quite well at getting a regular rhythm of shows out there. Uh, This show was recorded with Mem and Michael after the Oxford United defeat on Saturday, a 3-0 loss which we examine over the course of the next 30 minutes or so. The Barnet have got a few big games coming up, we've got Exeter away on Friday and we've got Luton at home on Monday. And um, The three of us and some other of our guests aren't going to be around uh, for the next week or so, so it's probably going to be a fortnight or so into our next show, um, but for now we really hope you enjoy our post oxford review, uh, and as ever, if you've got any ideas or thoughts or suggestions on how to improve the show, uh, please get in touch. Uh, but for now though, enjoy the episode. Alright, so welcome to our fifth episode uh, of Beast Pods. I'm joined by Michael, how are you Michael?
1: Um, recovering, <laughs> after, after that game.
0: Um, we'll get into that in a second. I'm also joined by Mem as well. How are you, Mem?
2: Yeah, not bad. Uh, a touch frustrated after today.
0: Yeah, it was, it was one of those games, I guess. Um, right, we'll get into the start of it then. Um, Michael, what were your, is this your first game for a while? Have you been to the, the previous few games? What, what did you make of today's game?
1: I think my last game was Plymouth. Yeah, I missed um, the Hartlepool event. due yeah, yeah, to mother's, awesome. mother's Day weekendery. Um, Today felt like definitely a game of two halves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, We seemed. I thought we we'd edged it on balance first half. Some good chances and looked everything looked to be holding together very well. And then second half, well, dear, oh dear.
0: Yeah, it was a bit of a shamble. I mean, mem, did you you see it like that? Did you see there's a clear difference between the first and the second half? Or
2: yeah, there was a there was a massive difference um, between the two. It was it was a it was quite an interesting lineup we uh, we put and. I straight away. It was really obvious from the start that um, that Martin Allen had clearly earmarked their number eighteen, um, Lundstrom. I think his name was. Yeah. yeah. The big guy in the centre midfield. It was clear because what I noticed was is that Weston stuck to him like you know like glue in the first half. And what was really interesting as well was that Lundstrom didn't pick up uh, Weston. Yeah. yeah. So what was happening was is when we did have the ball, we seemed to be what seemed to be the primary tactic was seemed to be to get it long into Akinde, but I don't think we were actually aiming for Akinde, what I think was happening was, is the idea was, was that because the Martin Allen didn't think that Lundstrom was going to actually track Weston, yeah. we were looking for the Weston on the second ball.
0: But and you saw that again, you remember like the first half of that shot that hit the keeper's face, Weston going beyond, which Saturday. is something he started doing, at the end of last season as well when he got those goals as we were pushing towards the title, It's quite a similar thing with Clifford. Or Weston going on my own. Exactly. exactly. What,
2: what what I've noticed about Weston since he's been at Barnet is that if you played Weston in a two, Weston West he's not as effective. And the reason he's not as effective is that Weston is, in all intents and purposes, a bit like a, a Division Two Frank Lampard, in that he doesn't <laughs> he get. get, get I, I wish. I know you <laughs> <he> said, but <laughs> hear yeah. me out. Well, Frank Lampard uh, always played in a three in midfield, and he always had two players in midfield who were going to get there and dominate. Yeah. And Frank Lampard, his job was basically was getting on the end of stuff. What I've noticed is when you play Weston in a two, we, we're, we're losing one player because Weston just doesn't seem to be able to dictate a game in the centre. But what he does do brilliantly is he makes great runs from midfield, which means if you play him in a three, which is what we did today with um, Cisek holding. And yeah, playing box to box. Uh-huh. Weston had then had the had the freedom to actually make these really dangerous runs, and he had a couple of really good chances. He had a couple of good shots early in um, in, a, in the first half. Yeah. So he so that's that tactic was working really well. And we also had on the left hand side, um, or switching with Gambin, we had Muggleton. And I get what the, well, the reason behind that was to try and get us up the pitch as as yeah. much as possible with his throw. So everything in the first half far as I was concerned was working like clockwork
0: I mean to be, to be fair on that point I thought the first half we looked really good and actually I said I was sitting with my dad today and I said to him you know they played on Tuesday night and I fancied this as the game grew on for us to perhaps grow into it as they tired a little bit but I found actually first half I thought we were you know pretty equal begging. I'm always conscious of my bias because they also had a couple of really good chances down uh, our end you know it was some great Stevens again was fantastic today um but we seemed to really tire in that second half. I, I got the sense that, you know, Yeardom, um, you know, Cise, they just looked shattered. I, was that, do you think, um, Michael, did you get the sense that, that we were tiring or were you thinking, you know, actually we were just being outplayed by a better side?
1: It, it, it did look that way. I mean, in particular, I mean, the, the, there were points where, I mean, Cise seemed to slide in in that second half. There was one point he slid in and he And then just missed the ball completely. Yeah. And, um, and again, Yardum seemed to sort of be jumping in a little bit, and I, I, I could, I had the, I was worried that he was going to get a, you know, it'd be a silly challenge, might be a red card, and people around yeah. me, a few people were saying this. Well, you let a lot go the referee today, yeah. He, he did, he did, and um, I don't know what it was why, why things, why they seemed to sort of tire so, so much in that second half, and things got quite ragged. Yeah, like things did get ragged.
2: Well, I mean, for me personally. I I personally think that the game turned on one incident only. Go on. Because up until about I think 55 minutes, um, we were well in that game, and then what happened was is that Oxford had clearly realised that we had gone like uh, that we had basically an extra extra body in midfield, and their number 18, Lundstrom, um, looks to be like the the heartbeat of their team. Now, what I noticed they they suddenly started doing was they whenever some of their goal kicks. The, the back four dropped off to the edge of the box and Lundström then dropped in, into, um, dropped in deeper to come and receive the ball deeper. Now what Barnett did, uh, and this was literally the leading up to the first goal, is Weston suddenly went charging out of midfield. Yeah. We had a nice shape, went charging out of midfield. Gambin kind of half went to their left back and before you knew it, you, you basically, you had two guys who hadn't, didn't really, it wasn't really a committed press. So what happened was is they they came charging in, but very disjointed. All of a sudden, opened a massive gap in midfield. Yeah, I mean, and they basically played the ball from back to front, across the floor, and then literally were in. And that was where the first goal came from. If you look at the highlights, you'll see it exactly happened from that.
0: It's interesting you say that because one of the, I was reading about, a bit about Appleton before he, the uh, Oxford manager before the game, and one of the things he's renowned for is this real detailed preparation, uh, almost like a sort of Guardiola-style analysis on the opposition, and particularly after they beat Swansea there was a lot of, you know, this guy really knows what he's doing, he had a few bad jobs earlier on in the season, oh, sorry, early on in his career, um, but as, as the game grew on in the second half, I got the sense we were up against the best, probably one of the, the best side, I would say, I've seen at, at the Hive this season. I mean, if you look at the games we had against uh, Plymouth, against, um, you know, obviously beat Northampton here as well, Oxford, they just looked so powerful, so strong. Even Kimar Roof, you know, their player of the season, pretty much, when he was kept out of it, had a pretty, you know, a bad day. I mean, Michael, did you see it like, do you think we were just beaten by a, a fundamentally a better side today?
1: They were very clean chances at the end although we were, look, um, we were looking at the stats and it was what was it 17 attempts on goal they had and 12 yeah, on 17, target 17. so it kind of didn't didn't feel like it was as many chances as that but then when they took them it, they were absolutely and the third goal in yes. was,
0: was just you know Shomerton I thought actually did quite well when he came on. Yeah, um, he you know, he he's certainly got. He's a very skillful player, and he's he, he's certainly. I'm, you know, I'm quite glad in a way. I was came to guys today. I wasn't too worried about the result, and so I wanted to see him kind of gel and, and, and kind of bond into the team. But leaves the ball midfield, two two passes to Hilton. He fired it in. Um, I think I
2: think that was that was the thing. What I noticed. That was the other thing I noticed about Oxford is how fast did Oxford break. There was like first half, a couple of times they had, they had some really good breaks. Second half, we just we couldn't keep up with them. And when they when they broke from the, the second goal came from a breakaway, yeah. third goal came from winning the ball in the oh, field so and down it, wasn't it yeah. So really, and actually, if you think about it, the first goal was it was a very quick move as well. Yeah. It was from front to back. It was literally took about three or four seconds. Yeah. So they are they clearly showed that they are a side that if you give them space. And if you allow them, you know, a space to run into, they will basically swarm you. A little bit like Leicester. They're kind of almost a bit like Leicester in that, in that they draw us on and then hit us. And I think that, um, I think that actually, I, I think that Martin Allen panicked.
0: Well, this is what I was going to say. I thought, I mean, to be fair to Allen, he always acts decisively. You know, we've seen that. He, he never doesn't sort of mess around with his substitutions. But he took someone out of the centre of midfield today, I felt. And... Up until the 50th minute, as you said, we'd actually been doing a good job. 4-5-1 or whatever, you know, whatever it was, was working well. But he takes off a midfielder, Cizé, brings on bat. And we just lost all grip of the game. I mean, it's the last 30 minutes, it was, it was, it was attack by defence. Um, and I don't understand that. It's, it's like almost like a, you know, it's the sort of thing you'd expect a very naive one to do. Oh, we're losing. Let's throw on a striker. Whereas, in fact, he could have perhaps, you know, kept us a bit more, maybe brought on. I don't know if the champion was on the bench today for Cizé. I thought Cizé was a bit out of his depth today. Um... And it just, it just baffled me. It absolutely baffled me, those changes. Um, I mean, Michael, do you think he deserves a bit of stick today for getting it wrong, Alan? Or do you think that's a bit unfair?
1: Well, he's, he's you know, obviously set, set the line up was very much, he thought, OK, this is what we're going to do. So, you know, you get... Muggleton playing, you get Gambin playing, so you've got to accommodate them. I mean, at any point, was Gambin on the left for much of the game at all today? Yeah, there's was one
0: a couple of moments. With
1: yeah, me. yeah, but you know, essentially, you've got, and it it, it does feel like at times, especially you know, we've got ten players plus special teams on, and that's that's the thing. You just feel like it, it doesn't it doesn't work. But then the substitutions were peculiar. Then you bring on Sean Batt did he, he really do anything. Him. I mean, my 12 my year old daughter was at the game today. First time I think she's seen bat play this season. She wasn't impressed. No, no, that's a death knell, no. <laughs> surely, for Sean sure, Bat. <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing about,
2: the, the, thing about the, um, the, the substitution, I mean, if you look at the different substitutions in it, in, in the, in it the first one was CSA, when he took, took out a holding player, yeah. straight away made us more vulnerable in the centre and mid, straight away. And I, get, I see say his, his distribution wasn't great, but what he did do was he was a physical presence. We and what had a space, didn't yeah. he? And the know. idea what he was trying to do, and I could see why he was there, was the to cut out. Because what Oxford liked to do is they liked to play the ball into feet into the strikers. And what he was there to do was to, to intercept them. So he did all right in places, it's just yeah. distribution was poor. So you could have brought on a champion or a toggle and got, gone like for like and said, you know what, okay, we've messed up, but... Yeah. Out, up to this point, we've had chances ourselves.
0: And, and he, to me, he did do that. at The end. It was the weird thing. He brought on Togwell. He almost so he he recognised that first sub was a mistake by bringing on Togwell for the last ten minutes or fifteen minutes. Um, he kind of recognised that was a mistake. What did you make of the other changes then, then? Well,
2: when well, look to the and then then the, yeah. So we've got first firstly we take out a we take out holding player midfield. Then what we do is after that we the most obvious thing to me was that the, Moggleton's throw wasn't working. Yes. Yeah. And also the fact that he put we brought him back as well. We had two strikers who were both looking to play on the shoulder, but then there was a massive gap between midfield and the two strikers. Yeah, huge, huge, huge um, gap. So what was happening was is the ball just kept coming back because the two guys because Oxford had clearly realised that every time we hit launch the ball long they would drop off and then basically there's no space behind. So them two were just nullified. So the next substitution should really, in my opinion, should have been. Um, should Shomerton was a good choice, yeah. or or Mark Randall, somebody who was going to get on the ball yeah. and actually try and get past it through them, and just just, in that sort
0: of classical, classical number ten role, I guess. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, and other and
2: number ten, that to me seemed the most obvious choice was to bring in Randall and maybe play him in the hole, or play him, or play Shomerton on the left and play Gambin on the right. But we needed to keep the width, and by taking off Gambin, it's essentially, in my opinion, I know Shomerton's more of a playmaker than Gambin, but really, realistically, they're both dribblers. Yeah. So you've got a similar profile. Yeah. And, and, and Muggleton's throw was still there. And Muggleton wasn't going to offer us go, anything going forward. And then the final change, Togwell, was, should have been probably the first change. Change, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, and by that point, we were just so disjointed that we, we, we were struggling big start and we were just chasing the match.
0: But, I mean, let's not take away from the fact that I thought the first half, there were so many positives in there. I mean, we yeah. really looked... In comparison to the Hartlepool game, where we were kind of could be definitely accused of taking it easy and not really, you know, looking to push on against the weaker side, we were really up for it. Tackles are flying in. The ref, I think, did quite a good job of letting a lot of stuff go today because it could have been one of those games where there's a lot of yellow cards to break it up. Um, I mean, that, that's got to be a positive, surely, uh, Michael, from, from that first half showing.
1: Th- yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, that was the thing. Get, get to half time nil nil against Oxford. You're thinking, okay, same again, second half. You know, we'll get, we'll get a point. I'd be happy with, a, you know, a nil-nil from this game. But then it just, it was just that, that lapse. That... It was, that's all it was. It was a lapse. Okay. It
2: was a lapse in concentration. Just one lapse. That was it. And it killed us.
1: And you think, well, yeah, you are, you know, okay, you, you concede the goal. You go for the, another, you know, maybe another 10, 10, 15 minutes, you know, to the hour, yeah. 65th minute, whatever. If nothing's happening then, try and change it around then. But no, I mean, normally, yeah, Martin Allen, normally last season, it was always the 60th minute was the time well, when it's, the It's interesting you it's, it's interesting, because if it you could look,
0: look at our last, last couple of home defeats, the goals have come from a lapse in and around the t- 10 to 15 minutes after half-time. So AFC Wimbledon, mm-hmm. you know, there was that one where, I think it was Bonds, or I can't remember, it was Pearson or Bonds for the first goal, where they missed it and he got in in that sort of period just after half-time. And it, it seems that we tend to switch off then. Um, I, I don't know quite whether, or whether it's the opposition kind of figure out how to, play Barnett um, but it just seems to be that there's that those lapses that that have cost us um, I don't know do you think that's a fair thing or do you think it's more of a you know it's a bit more random in terms of how it happens to us when we when we lose concentration
2: I can't say I've, I've noticed it noticed that it's being sort of to be a timer I just it's, it's, it's strange it's really frustrating today because um, I genuinely thought that Martin Allen had got his tactics pretty much spot-on up yeah, until that point first and actually you could say that he'd set the team up really well. And it was, basic, it was, it was two players switched off and, 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 got, and basically got suckered yeah. by, by Oxford that ruined all the plans. Now, the next step, which is obviously Martin Allen's reaction to that, I think personally, and I said this to, Mar- uh, to Michael um, uh, during the game, is I said, look, all we need really is just let's just calm it down. Yeah. Let's just literally try and take the sting out of it. And we've still got half an hour here to, to, to fight back but it was almost like the it was an immediate um change Talk yeah it's like we ripped up the game plan almost and i just think that sometimes you if your game plan is good stick to the game plan because if yeah. because you can always um you know you can get back in it it was a just it was a, it was a lapse and it was a it was a um it wasn't obviously, you know, it wasn't what we wanted. But the key to it was, was what we were doing before that was working. It's I'm curious to see what
0: it looks like for, for Oxford to lose a game. I mean, because obviously when you see a side beat, you can't come to it, as they did in the end today. You think, gosh, they're almost, we, we never have a chance of beating them. But they, they hadn't had brilliant form coming into this. I mean, they lost to, or- to Orion at home a few weeks back. They've had a couple of sort of dodgy spells. Um, and I guess looking ahead for us now, as well, we've got to stick at the fixtures in front of me. We've got three games coming up. Extra away on Good Friday, so that's in about five days' time, Loosen at home on the on the Monday, and then Morecambe away. They're all sort of sides who are in and around a similar category to what we're in, which is not bad enough to really trouble the bottom, not good enough really to push for the playoffs, But the exception of maybe Exeter who could, you know, had a good win for well one today. A few weeks ago we talked about the threat of relegation, a few weeks after that we thought maybe a chance for the playoffs. Michael, what are your realistic hopes for the next few games and the weeks ahead for us? Is, is it going to be a casual fizzle out or is there something else you want to, from the last few weeks of the season?
1: Well, I mean, you, you look at it now, we think we're assuming, not that we want to be too complacent about things, but we're assuming Dagenham are gone, balance of probability York are gone, although it would be lovely to see Stevenage now that they're <laughs> occupying 22nd you today, place. Yet?
0: They were two. They were two no down. The two no up at time Two 0 no up or something against Northampton. I don't
1: know but what the was games were doing the week. Cause I know Harby pulled a two points. points ahead of them now. I think.
2: I got be. I gotta be honest. I don't look down the table. <laughs> You're <laughs> optimistic. Well, Stephen is your third bottom. They're they're not yeah. in. Our, they're not in our uh, group. They're not in our league <laughs> <Yeah>. anymore. Really. <laughs> right. yes. You know, we're we're in a mini I mean, league.
1: I think of, you know there was there was a kind of uh, consensus. I think with the game at York last week. I noticed once you know, Hartlepool and Stevenage were level on points that yeah. needed a goal for Wickham and another goal for Hartlepool and Hartlepool would have gone above Stevenage on goal difference or anything yeah. and um, I know Sam Collins was saying on, online um, he was hoping you know, he didn't mind us gifting York Quinn if it meant that they closed Stevenage, the gap yeah, against yeah, Stevenage yeah. So, but, but yeah, yeah I think, I think, I think, think we're assuming yet yeah, yeah, that we're, know, oh, we're finished. So, now, should be you know, we're looking, looking to, you know, at least, you know, like the likes of Shomerton getting a run in the side just to get some, get, get some games under his belt and things like that. And maybe Martin, you know, wants to experiment a bit more with, not too, obviously not too much because you don't know what... what what he might decide to do but um it'd be good to just see some you know some of the some of the youngsters get a bit of a run out maybe so can think about planning for next season yeah. I mean the fact the fact that Jamie Stevens has signed a two-year deal with a one-year extension that's good that's some that's some longer planning maybe than we've had in recent times yeah I,
0: I, I agree with that I think it's good to see those players and obviously you've got have got Day staying on for next season yeah. Stevens um, the other Pearson, sorry, signed up for a bit more. Yeah. Man, what about you? What, do you, what do you? what are your hopes for the final sort of 10 or so matches of the season for us um, as a club? Are you content with what we're doing right now? Do you think we could push on a bit more?
2: I, I, think, I think we're... I, think, I don't see us getting dragged into the relegation. I think we're safe. Um, famous last words. <laughs> no, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. gen- I genuinely think we're safe. I, I don't think we've got any chance of the playoffs. So I think what, we, what if I was Martin Allen, I would be doing now... Is I would be looking at um, th- essentially this to be like an extended season. yeah, and uh, use this as an opportunity to really start to fo- work out who is work out who he's going to build his team around for next year, and and um, and he, I think he'll have I think he'll have an idea of who he's gonna, who are going to be released in the summer. Yeah, I think already he's probably already worked it out. I mean, as we said in the podcast earlier in the week, I think the so- the new signings have all been better than what we had. Oh, without doubt. Um, so. I'd like to see more of Randall. I'd like to see more of Shomerton. I'd like to see. Um, I think next season will be. I've said this before. I think Gambin next season. He's he's made a big progression this year. He looks dangerous. Yeah. I think next season it will be a big year for uh, Gambin. Um, yeah, I
0: think I get the sense of Gambin. It's, it's make or break next season for him in terms of the the level at which he's going to be able to play at because he you know he's shown on his day. Yeah, them away than if any knew you were there for that fantastic goal. Today he looks very dangerous, but he needs to stamp his authority onto games far more than he has done, I think, in the past. So I think he's one of those players that, yeah, you're right. A, I think it's a really
2: big season for him next season. I, I do think, though, and, I, and, I, and I, in, in Gambin's defence, I think Gambin suffered a bit from the fact that we've gone into some games where we've gone, we've gone in with more workman-like midfielders. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like, for instance, today was very much a workman-like midfield. But it was because we had a plan. And, and so the idea was that Gambin was there to try and play off the cuff and, uh, you know, try and, try and get something out you know, out of the blue, uh, you, know, off the, you know, create something out of the blue. And he almost did that earlier with Weston, and we've, we haven't spoke about that. Weston had that header, which, yeah. which Golky made a fine save. Yeah. Uh, and that come yeah. from Luke Gambin's cross. So, we, so, so Luke did contribute. And I think um, that if we can start getting Randall more into the team, I think Randall will give the ball more to Gambin. And I think that the more Gambin has the ball, the more you'll see. I mean,
0: I think the thing that's interesting though is that if you look at what Martin Allen's done this year, he's made it very solid defensively. You know, and um, I think to be fair, even last season, we lost, when we lost that solidity at the back, sort of through that period of January, February. We looked, you know, I, I was I was not confident we were going to win the title at one stage, but putting players, I, you know, I just I'm trying to think if, in my head, Martin Allen having a a midfield with Randall um, Gambin um, ahead of Togwell not a ahead of, but you'd assume that he would lose one of those defensive midfielders, right? In in one of those roles, unless he's playing Big John up top with maybe Randall um, Gambin. I don't know who else they'd have playing off him, or maybe Muggleton or maybe um, someone else.
2: Well, I, w- I would personally. I mean, if I was to p- if I was to pick my team from what we have now, yeah, I would today. Today, Weston was what we needed because Weston jo- had a specific role. Hey, and he worked really yeah. hard. I think but play. ideally, I would like to see um, instead of. Um, uh, Western in that in that hole. I'd like to see Randall because I think he'd do more damage yeah. um, in that position, and I think we'd also get a better ball in the final third. Yeah. The final third, some of the passing and stuff that was a bit was was very um, uh, disjointed. But we didn't go into the game hoping to. We went into the game hoping to hit them on on you know uh, when we get opportunities to just basically you know yeah, be clinical. clinical. Yeah, we, we didn't are, quite get photos today. Quite, yeah, we still no, have the, the goalkeeper a couple of good saves.
0: I mean, in closing, then um, Michael, I thought you know sort of, you know, four-fifths of the way through the season, um, the Player of the Season awards that are coming up soon. Who who are you having as your Player of the Season and runner-up? You can have a runner-up, I think, as well, but only one.
1: Oh, golly. Um, I would, well, I'd have to say Jamie Stevens, Yeah. Player of the Season. Um, I've just been so impressed since he's come back into the side. Maybe when he first, after Stack got his injury... Yeah. I wasn't convinced with Jamie and he had the, the sending off and then um, Max Croakham came on loan yeah, and did incredibly well and I thought, I was really hoping we might be able to extend his loan but then Jamie's come back in and golly, it's every, every game he's saving us at least one goal and yeah. he's making some fantastic saves and... You know, he just really, he's, he's really commanding. And one of the things that I, that I said to men during the game, I didn't know the number of games. I know that I think the, him and Michael Nelson, someone was saying they've played a similar number of games. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, you know, does you know his form with Michael Nelson's experience as well alongside, does that help with how he's playing? I think yeah, Nelson's who might you know he might be my, you know runner-up for play, player of the Nelson, season.
2: Well Nelson today actually I thought we lost 3-0 and I thought Nelson was one of the best players yeah. Yeah. on the pitch I think the key. I think he just I think our back four just basically got um uh, got exposed through you know um, through sit key situations but on the whole I thought the back four was really good um I think James Stevens is by far in the way to the best player this year I, yeah. I voted for him um in the player of the year I've um, just been incredible and and I actually it was interesting because I remember what Joe said in the week about um he was saying about the commands, I know it maybe it was Charlie said, that about the command that Jamie Stevens has, and I just, I hadn't really noticed it, so I was kind of looking out for it today, yeah. and it was really noticeable to see him um, yeah. speak, in, speak to the back four, coming for crosses, and, and he looks, looks like, like a number one, one, now. one now. Yeah, and he's yeah. very young, he's very, very young yeah. as well, he's 22. He's got um, the feel of like a number one now, he's got that stature, he doesn't He doesn't feel like a number two goalkeeper like you coming.
1: Yeah, coming in and... You know, not sure how to deal with things. He is there; he knows. And it was, yeah, there were some. There were moments that that him and Michael Nelson were both, you know, barking out orders, and it was good. Just to hear some vocals, some shouting yeah. going on. I,
2: I, I do. I'm honestly. I wonder. I, I could. I could see. Um, I could see Stack being released if he, unless it's Stack. No, he I he think they'll give him. A, a they'll film. give him a
0: coaching ride. Imagine. I mean, I, I think he's angling. I don't know if you saw his article he wrote a few weeks ago on uh, LinkedIn about this, you know. I think he is, he's certainly angling for a coaching role at the club. Which, and just a, a quick point before I hear your, your runner-up. Um, Nelson, he's 35 now. I mean, I think he's a very strong commanding centre-back. Um, and I think, particularly with the absence of Dembele throughout the whole season, he's been really, really useful to have in there. Um do you th- can you see him getting another another season either of you, or do you think he's gonna sort of is is he one of those players that legs could go? I'm just thinking of the, the shockers we've had of Jonathan Fortune in the past, and you know.
1: Well, I mean it was it, it, it was kind of a surprise. You no, know, when he first joined in the summer, and it was like okay, um, you know, you sort of think okay, we'll we'll see what's 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 this all about, but then I, I can't see why we couldn't get another season out of him. Definitely, I, I, I don't see why not. I mean, I'm envisaging, you know, maybe next season. I think there was some conversation in the, possibly in the podcast during the week, or maybe it was stuff on the message board around, you know, maybe Cisse Dembélé, centre half pairing possibly next season. <laughs> maybe with that, I don't know. I don't know. But or you know, or, you know, when Dembélé's fit, and if you've got Elliot and Pearson, you've got, a, you know, there's some potentially some really funny back. There is, and that, but it's also nice that we've got players that can slot in, like Cisse dropped back, get um, back into the back four when Bonds went off against Newport. And th- it's you just feel like, yeah, we have got a lot of solidity there, and players who can
2: sort of versatile, malleable players. Yeah. yeah, I do think, though, I know that when Dembele comes back, he'll be he'll, he'll be stepping in there. But I don't think we can go a season next season with Bonds and Nelson as our well, two main centre backs. No, no, no. They, we, we're too vulnerable to pace down the centre. Which
0: um, and I, and I think actually that's a, a final point I would say on. I'd say I got the sense that in the first, half, Oxford were trying to push down with the roof down that side. The ball's going, but they went a lot. they were a lot more through the centre in the second half, and partially due to that gap that was being pulled out by losing the centre midfielder. But you do see it, when they're turning in Gala and Nelson, you get oh, it's almost like watching slow motion at times. So. That
2: like ship turning. was <laughs> <laughs> one
1: point in the second half when Oxford broke, and Sean Batt was one of the the main players sort of herring back and he was one of the players nearer to it. You're thinking, oh Crikey, if that's the case. He's our last what, um, you know the, the last line of
0: defence. But uh, yeah uh, what, what about your second player then, Mem, for this player of the season?
2: I would I would go for um, I would actually go for Akinde, and I think I think fifteen goals from Akinde in his eight assists, eight has eight assists said, yeah. um, in his in his first season in back in the league, I think it's been a great return. Yeah. I think I think the issue has been is, is other players not um, not chipping in as well. But as as you're, if you're stri- you know, you're a mid-table team and your and your number one striker is, is scoring 15 goals. You know, it's, it's a good return. Um, I know people have said he's got a lot of penalties, but he's won most of his penalties.
0: Yeah, I, I think for me, I think Akinde has been underappreciated in the way he stepped up. He started. He, hasn't, he didn't start the season particularly well, and, and I, I didn't think, start last season
2: particularly well either. I know, I remember?
0: But I think to be fair, like he's really growing confidence and stature. I can't believe neither of you have said Andy Irdum, um, who for me has been phenomenal this season. I think in terms of, if we look at him, three three things I said about Yardom. First of all, when he, when he first joined us as a winger, you thought he was quite ineffective as a winger. He was a bit like those curious and aimly and all those people that were wandering <laughs> up and down. But, um, you know, he kind of grew into an excellent right back in the National League. He's our captain. His work ethic is phenomenal, I think, and in the centre of the park, he's made a transition from his right back role into the middle of the park. I thought today again he was excellent. He puts himself about. He wins tackles. I think he, I get a real lift. I think when I see him on the team sheet. But I, I I'll agree with both of you about Jamie Stevens. I don't. I still can't work out how he's not managed to learn how to kick a ball yet. Um, but when he does that, he'll be. I think we'll struggle to hang on to him.
1: Nice. It wasn't, that, nah, he's it wasn't that, terrible. I'm, maybe I'm being harsh. I, was, I but... know because of the discussions around his kicking and distribution. So you're watching it all the more now, and it's. No, I thought no, no, so so the
2: biggest kick on him. But let's be fair. What he does do is he kicks it into areas where he's not going to be. Well, he kicks it.
0: He kicks it off the pitch for the last five minutes. Okay. Kick <laughs> off the pitch.
2: Kick off the pitch because the fact is, he kicks on the pitch and he can't score from a throw on So. <laughs> maybe, I, well, that's well, the bar. For... That's what he was as, as a goalkeeper, you're yeah, always, it's taught, taught, to always it's taught, it's taught to kick to the wings. Yeah, no, I'm being,
0: I'm being flippant. Sort of going to the John Stillie. Yeah, but we're talking about United. Not having
2: well. him as a shout. No, I think the <laughs> reason why, I think what's, what I, my thought on Yaidom is, I think Yaidom has done a lot of, a lot of. Um, he's done really well this season, plugging gaps. I kind of feel like it's been at, at slightly at the detriment to his own game. Okay. And I feel that um, that actually, for me, Yaidom is a really good fullback. But yeah. now we've got Pearson as well, and we've got a really good fullback there. That's a, that's succession planning, in my opinion. So we, we cash in. And- that's Yeah, that is basically... Pearson is there to cover for Yardom when he goes. Yeah. That was what it was. Uh, until he got yeah. I thought Yardom actually was very good in midfield. It's the best I've seen him playing centre mid. But I generally feel that he's kind of a... He's become a... He's become somebody who just plugs gaps. And I, and, and I don't think he's been able to excel the same way he excels when he plays as a fullback.
0: All right. Well, well, we'll leave our debate there for, for this week. Um, fingers crossed I can head to the, the next two games and get... get a better result today, perhaps, if not, you know, the same 1st up performance would do us fine. Um, but thanks very much for coming on, Mem, and thanks very much, Michael. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try and get another episode up uh, relatively soon. So that's the end of our fifth episode of Bees pods uh, Thanks so much for joining us again. We really hope you enjoyed what you heard today. As we mentioned at the start, we're gonna be away for the next few weeks. Uh, myself, Mem and Michael have got some commitments ourselves, away from Barnet. And also the Bees have got some big away games coming up as well, which means we won't have the opportunity to record. Um, But as ever, if you've got any ideas or suggestions or fancy getting on the show, um, please do get in touch uh, either via our SoundCloud uh, on iTunes or alternatively via our Twitter feed. Um, So thanks again. We hope you enjoyed what you heard and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Bye.